Welcome back to episode 51 of the Show Me Show podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we have college basketball talk. So we're dealing with the life of post, post-football, I guess. I mean, we got the XFL going on. We talked about that in the episode we just recorded. So we'll fill you in a little bit what's going on, on here. Me and Cam are filming an in-person episode while we're watching the St. Louis Battle Hawks on Thursday night football against the Seattle Sea Dragons. This is the first in-person episode we've recorded since before the NFL season started. So quite a while. Very epic to get started with, to say the least. And uh, what we just did, we just got done recording an hour-long episode, recapping week one of the XFL, um, just the XFL in general, and then also doing the coaching hire recap and, and grades, coaching higher grades. So that was the much anticipated episode. This one will probably be out before that one is though. So this is officially episode 51. The other one, it's just kind of a bonus episode for the people. It'll be like a Monday episode or something to get your week started. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So this, this one is going to be the main episode, but I just wanted to fill in, fill, fill in the listeners there, like let them know what's going on. So we're a little bit, we're warmed up to say the least. We're, we're warmed up on the mics. Um, so the flow is definitely going to be better since we're in person. Um, there might be a slight echo when we're both talking at once. So hopefully we won't have to deal with it. Hopefully it'll all be fine. Riverside is really good with blocking that stuff out, but you know, nothing's perfect. So without, let's get into this episode a little bit here. So we got college basketball talk. Because it is, we are getting to that time. This is the final weekend of the regular season for a lot of, a lot of teams. Um, obviously, the big conferences they still got another week. You know, the Power Six, but for a lot of the small conferences, this is the last weekend of college basketball. Um, some of them start their conference tournaments early next week. Other ones are later next weekend. Um, I know the. I think it's the Atlantic Sun is the first conference to start and then the big south follows up shortly after along with the swack i do believe so kind of a sicko talk this might be a very sicko episode just a warning if you're not a college basketball sicko like me and cam you might you might be not as amused but heavy college basketball episode and then we'll also finish with uh we'll finish with segments we got some tough scene of the week to close out the show this is probably going to be a very It'll be a shorter episode just because we got the recording an hour long episode not that long ago. So, and also the Battle Hawks are on. So, we just had a college kicker moment with them where uh, Hageman just just clanked off the the goalpost. But double college kicker moment though, because then he made the next one. Exactly. Exactly. So, but a- yeah. Anyway, college basketball talk. So, if you remember, if you've been a listener for a while. You remember the simulator that we did for the NFL. It was very bad. I mean, it had the Falcons winning the Super Bowl one time. So just just put that in perspective. I'm pretty sure the Falcons have like the fifth overall pick or something like that. So um, just, to, just to put things in perspective, it's not exactly the greatest, but I did run a, a full tournament simulate. I found another simulator for college basketball. It's very similar to the one we use for NFL. I ran the Jerry Palm bracket for CBS Sports, and UConn defeated Purdue 81-80 to in the championship of that. And then I proceeded to run another bracket, this time the Joe Lenardi one from ESPN and West Virginia. I forget who they beat, 
Um, I think they beat Houston. But yeah, West Virginia and UConn are the two champions right now, which is uh, bizarre, but I can't say it's shocking because one thing about college basketball this year is that there's not really a clear favorite. And right now, I think the consensus, I mean, they're ranked one. Tons of parity, yeah. They're ranked one right now. They have the best odds on all the sports books to win the title. That is the Houston Cougars, and they are not in a Power Six conference. So this is like a very, very weird season. Not as weird as the 2021 that got canceled because of COVID, in which San Diego State and Dayton were both one seeds. Just, just think about that. San Diego State and Dayton were one seeds. Um, that was what a time that was. Was I, that ain't no stopping Obi Toppin? That was yes, that was Obi Toppin. And San Diego State just had a juggernaut they of a were, team. That, yeah. that team reminded me of like, <laughs> yes, the Blues lost. They lost in overtime. Let's go, baby. The tank is on. 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. We lost. That's good. Um, tank, baby. I was just about to say, those teams, like, their guard play. Oh, my. Not to be gross here, but. No, I'm never mind. I'm not going to say something gross here, but. I just want to – their guard play is – was awesome. That San Diego State team from, I guess, 2020, 2019, 2020. Battle Hawks turnover. Hell, yeah. Um, but they, those teams are, like, reminiscent of, like, running Rebels, UNLV teams and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, uh, that, that was a – that was a sicko year. To, if oh, you want to talk about just sicko years in general. You know, but. I will never forgive – COVID for that, for taking away that tournament, because that was going to be one of the most disgusting NCAA tournaments of all time. Can you imagine imagine if Dayton and San Diego State met in the championship game? They would have been one for the ages. That might have, I I, I could be overshooting here, but that might have changed college basketball forever. Because then all of a sudden schools like San Diego State and Dayton like maybe they're not going to be like, you know, a Charleston or something like that. But, you know, the second tier schools, which is kind of Mountain West, Missouri Valley, American, um, A-10, like those those conferences, they all of a sudden might be getting star players. So, but let's not reminisce on the past. Let's talk about the present here. Houston is a consensus number one. Um, but another team that was a favorite to win the title, Alabama. They have had a wild last few days, and uh, needless to say, it reminds me of the Buffalo Bills with they just had all that shit happen to them. The Alabama Crimson Tide has had an unbelievably good season. They have probably the best offense in college basketball, maybe behind like a team like Oral Roberts, but I mean, these Alabama teams are going up against SEC defenses, and we're not talking about football, we're talking about basketball with the SEC defenses. Um. Uh, but Alabama is they are really good they have a really good player named Brandon Miller which uh, (laughs) let's just dive into it right now so Brandon Miller as of last night against South Carolina he literally put the team on his back he scored 41 points single-handedly carried that team to victory against South Carolina yeah Um, a few weeks ago Alabama they had a player Darius Miles he he barely played at all I'll be honest, like he got in at, you know, the tail end of blowouts. That's about it. He wasn't very good at all, but he got arrested for <laughs> capital murder. So a very serious crime. Um, it was reported that he gave a gun 
to one of his friends, and then his friend ended up firing the gun. Which Brandon Miller. No, no, no. I'm talking about Darius Miles. They, him and his friend were at the scene of this thing. Uh, Darius Miles had the gun, and he gave it to this guy named Davis, Michael, Michael, Michael Lynn Davis. That was his name. He gave it to him. That guy fired into the car and ended up killing a single mother. So, and they, they both got arrested for capital murder because obviously, I mean, one guy, he fired the shot and the other guy, you know, he gave him the weapon and he knew he had an intent to kill. That's why he gave him a weapon. But then it came out a few days ago that Brandon Miller, this was actually his gun that was used. And earlier in the day, Darius Miles, who was at the scene of the murder, texted Brandon Miller and was like, hey, can you bring me the gun? And Brandon Miller was like, yeah, sure, bro. I, I got you. And he brought him this gun. Now, what is unclear is we don't know if Brandon Miller – this is – the best case scenario is that Brandon Miller didn't know what he was going to do with this gun, and he just gave it to him because he was his teammate, he was his friend, and he just gave it to him out of goodwill. He maybe thought he was going to use it for like practice. I don't know. This is the best case scenario I'm going through. It's not a good best case scenario, but it is the best case scenario. And then, you know, the worst case scenario is that he knew exactly what he was going to do with it. Um, and that, you know, which was kill someone. So this is a very wild situation. And then, you know, the Nate Oates thing, I, if you want to talk about the Nate Oates thing, where he basically just said, oh, yeah, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time when he literally supplied a murder weapon. Ah, uh, That's just... Uh, but this is just, I mean, Alabama, they're so good, and they they just have to deal with this. And Brandon Miller is a really good basketball player. He's going to be a lottery pick. He's actually been talked about being a top five draft pick in this year's draft. And no matter how good he is in the NBA, he is always going to be known for this. I mean, in the, in the world of social media, it, this doesn't go away. I mean, you think about a guy like Ray Lewis, how Ray Lewis was one of the most dominating linebackers of all time. One of the hardest hitting linebackers ever, a no doubt hall of famer, uh, two time Super Bowl champion. And what is he known for? He's known for killing someone, killing people on the field and off the field. <laughs> exactly. Um, OJ Simpson, one of the greatest running backs of all time. What is he known for killing his wife and her boyfriend? Now, granted that was a much bigger story, so that's a little bit different, but I mean, you just see some of these guys that go on to have great careers and they just, they're just known for this. And this is what, this is what Brandon Miller is going to be known for the rest of his career. No matter how good of an NBA player he becomes, he will be known as the guy who supplied a, a murder weapon to kill a single mother. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of time to help his case, you know, uh, help his reputation. Um, but yeah, I it's just a it's a tough scene. It really is because what we know right now is like Luke said, it's unclear if Brandon Miller knew of the intention to kill that night of the single mother, like Luke said, like Darius Miles, when he handed him that gun, he knew what was happening, that guy. Uh what was it? When when Michael Michael Lynn Davis. And yeah. Actually he knew exactly because it was quoted by multiple witnesses that he, when he handed him the gun, he said, there's one in the head, meaning there's a bullet in the chambers. So like it's ready to fire whenever he knew, he knew exactly what he was doing. So, um, but he's, yeah, he's arrested for capital murder. He's probably going to go to jail for 
quite some years, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as meant money as the guy who actually fired the gun, but he will probably be in jail. So yeah. Um. I and don't get us wrong, although Luke might be one someday. Neither of us are lawyers, so we we have no idea what Alabama's laws are in terms of providing murder weapons, uh, especially if you didn't fire it. Um, I also don't know what because I I know I'm pretty sure can't you have like a big firearm once you're 18, but you can't have like a Glock. Is that – I think that might be a, a real I thing. I know in the state of Missouri, you can't like – because in Missouri, there's a concealed carry, and you're allowed to like own a gun, but you can't conceal carry it until you're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is for Alabama. I really don't know. Yeah. I, I could not tell you. I'm not so, from Alabama. I don't know anyone from Alabama, so I yeah. have no idea. Well, Hunter Barton. Uh, oh, true, true, true. There could be uh, some – other laws in place besides just providing the murder weapon. Um, but and one of the bigger stories here out of Tuscaloosa is this mantra that Nate Oates is putting on this wrong place at the wrong time type of situation. It's become a huge viral internet meme, especially amongst college sports community. Hell, what a catch. Oh, I wonder if they just got him for the push off. Um, that guy's an NDSU grad, by the way. Um, but anyway, so we – Nate Oates, obviously, Luke, not handling the situation as he should. And this isn't the it, it first wasn't just, time. It wasn't just he didn't handle it as he should. He handled, he handled it terribly. And part of me thinks he might have got flustered, but – yeah. I mean, this is bigger than any other off-court stuff he's had to deal with in his career because, like I just said, he's had some other stuff not nearly as notable as this one over in his yeah. short time span yeah. there. And nothing to do with capital murder. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a tough thing to look at because, I mean, you know, I could almost see a guy almost. I'm not 100% sure how Nick would handle this, Nick Saban. But I almost, you know, if a big offensive lineman, you know, handed somebody a murder weapon, I don't know if Nick would keep him around. And Nick is a forgiving, loving parent of trying to help these guys get to the next level and help their families. But not even Nick really tolerates that kind of stuff. But the bigger thing, even besides that, is just how he he worded his responses. Wrong place, wrong time. Brandon isn't in any trouble in this case when in reality he could end up in trouble in this case um, and just kind of pushing it over. And it's kind of a read the room situation too, because you also have people online, especially Alabama fans, you know, defending them because, you know, whenever it's your guy, it's always wait till all the facts come out. You know, it's always that when you're that, when it's your guy. Um, in fact, there was, I think it was Barstool, Alabama last night tweeted, uh, which shout out to them. They did predict this. He, they go, Brandon Miller about to go for 40 tonight. And he went and for 41. He went for 41. But the, you know, the comment section is just, you know, point forty, you know, gun jokes and stuff like that. And then That's once he actually went for 41, the jokes, they were just flying at an all time level. Oh my later. goodness. But this is the thing, like announcers in the future, because, Anytime, like, they're going to say, 
this guy is great at creating shots. You know, Brandon Miller pulls crossover. Brandon Miller pulls the trigger, which is actually something that was said last night. Brandon Miller pulls the trigger. That was uttered by the announcer. Uh, Brandon Miller is great at helping his teammates. Um, (laughs) He's great at creating shots for his teammates or getting open shots for his teammates. The announcers, they're going to have to be careful in the future with this situation. And, you know, it it, it is kind of funny because you know that anytime the announcers say something like that, it's going to end up on social media and it's going to be funny. But, I mean, this is a very serious situation. I mean, someone died. Someone was murdered over this. And I Nate Oates kind of seems to be sweeping it under the rug a little bit, which I don't blame him because his team is winning. Yeah, they're trying to win a national championship, so you don't want it to become a big deal. I mean, they kicked Darius Miles off. He's off the team. He's done. He'll never play basketball for Alabama again. Um, They made that very clear. But he also wasn't like a huge part of the team. So if you have to kick a guy like Brandon Miller off the team, that's that's significant. That damages your final four run. You're in in hot water than you're already in. Exactly. So. I don't know. He did. He did apologize for his comments. He tweeted out later, and he's like, "I handled that interview very sorry. I handled it very poorly. I want to apologize." And then he said that his thoughts and T's and P's to the family. You know, of course. Um, Who's infuriated right oh, now? By I would way. be too. Yeah. I mean, but also, I just want to point out the guy who actually committed the murder, Michael Lynn Davis. He's smiling in his mud shot. He's got he's got a grin, and that is concern. Like that's psychotic. Um. So hopefully he goes to jail for a long time. Um, but this is just the whole thing is just absolutely wild. And I had Alabama potentially winning the title. I mean, they were they might have been my pick to win it all, depending on how the bracket you know aligned out and stuff like. But they were one of my top teams, and this might keep them because you can't ha- you can't deal with all this in a season and still win the title. That just doesn't happen. Um, eventually it it comes back to you it catches up with you and just kids hashtag they're just exactly kids. yeah i mean it's not like they're a pro team where they can like the bills we talk about the bills they had all that and they couldn't overcome it and i don't blame them for it i mean there was it was some hard stuff they had a, they had a, their teammate died on the field um amongst other things um what are some other like just just cases of just teams uh going just having hardships throughout the season it never turns out well in Alabama I've you know they'll dominate you know some of the lower teams that they'll play but then they'll they'll run into a buzzsaw and they'll just run out of steam I mean these players have to be mentally exhausted from having to deal with all this and it's going to get worse over the next few weeks with the Brandon Miller stuff and him actually playing in the games so it's going to wear on them they're kind of starting to wear down anyway. I mean, they lost their first conference game to Tennessee, and then they almost lost to South Carolina, who was awful. It's Gigi just, Jackson, huh? Gigi Jackson. Yeah, but they, they, yeah, I do. He's one. Of, he's the top recruit, I think. Stuff. Yeah, he was um, going into Carolina forever <laughs> yeah. until he decommitted. Yeah. and then we got Pete Nance. So, but they still suck. But that's that's all. That's all I have on Alabama basketball. Just a tough scene right now. Um, some other teams that are dealing with a tough scene, speaking of North Carolina and your fandom, yep. they are probably headed towards the NIT. They had a they had a season saving win with Notre Dame last yep. night. It they they struggled though, and Notre Dame is not very good this year and they struggled with them. So that's concerning. They had no they're 0 9 in quad one. 
which is not going to help them when it comes to bubble talk. They were ranked number one coming in. They, they made the national title. They came up one game short against Kansas. They retained all five starters, plus some... Fake. Brady Manick, big piece, people forget. Okay, okay, okay. We okay. replaced him with Pete, who is... No, I, he actually played good against Notre Dame, but he's been horrendous. Yeah, we forget about that. They, they retained all the players that they could. Brady Manick graduated, so he could not come back. Um, And then they also retained, I think, their sixth and seventh men. Um. They were ranked number one coming into this season, heavy title favorites, and they're on the bubble. How do you feel, Cam, as a North Carolina fan? Well, personally, I would – look, if – this is what I'll say. We were on the bubble at this exact point last season too, but it's completely different circumstance. And no, that is a real fact. We were on the bubble until about one game before the Duke game that ended – the regular season. Um, and then we really secured our spot by winning two games in the ACC tournament. We were a bubble team all year last year, but this has a different feel because our end of the season schedule is rough. I mean, we got to play Virginia. Um, we be- basically have to win out and or win three games in the ACC tournament. Um, that's really your only path. And people forget um, ACC tournament, I mean, if you win three games in that, they're most likely will stick you in there, especially because, Luke, one thing you got, and you know, it's it's unfair, but it helps. The UNC logo and the colors of the jersey, that it, it pays off dividends. It plays. It, it plays. plays, and it, you know, huge ratings draw, not that the committee is worried about ratings draws, but the jerseys, the logo, the history, it pays dividends and can help you get in the tourney even when you don't deserve it as much. Um, I'll be honest, this this team is hard to watch. And I, I have watched them a lot. Sometimes I actually take the night off from watching them, uh, and usually we'll watch other things or just do schoolwork only. Um, but lately I've I've watched them pretty much every single game for the past couple of weeks, except the NC State game. I had to just listen on the radio on the Go Heels app, but um, and they lost that one, of course. Uh, it's here's how I feel. Um, you know, I always talked about with UNC how they when they brought their A game that they brought multiple times down the stretch last year. They're a Final Four team. <laughs> Luke definitely just won a bet over there. Eastern uh, Washington, baby, undefeated in conference. Um, I have seen that one A team, North Carolina team, I think once, and it was just a couple nights ago, actually. Uh, blanking on the game, but they – oh, Clemson. They beat the shit out of Clemson, and it looked like that team from last year at times. Um and but they've only had like one or two of those games this year, and that's all they really had of those types of games before the NCAA tournament last year either. So they've got time, actually, believe it or not. Like Luke said, it's this weekend and next weekend still of games left. Um, but they the problem is they have to turn the corner really, really quickly, and it's hard. And there's a lot more pressure on them this year compared to last year. Last year, first year without 
Roy Williams. Nobody really expected anything, especially if you watch the regular season. Very similar regular seasons, by the way. Um, although they won actually a few more important games last year, which is also why this is more concerning this year. And like we said, bring everybody back except Manic, pretty much, and a couple guys left due to lack of playing time. Um, but you also count on the factor that guys get better, like Puff Johnson and RJ Davis and hopefully Caleb Love. But really, they've been kind of stagnant. I would say the only guy that really got better is probably Puff Johnson and Armando Baycott. Um, Baycott got better every single year he's been a target. His, his jersey should hang in the rafters, but they have strict rules at Carolina on who gets to hang in the rafters and who not. I'm pretty sure you have to win the Wooden Award to hang yourself in the rafters. I mean, they have a very rich Terry history. Bradshaw. I mean, hang yourself, but hang <laughs> your jersey. Pretty strict there. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with Carolina. I, it doesn't feel great at all, by the way. Um, and I have way less confidence in this team than I did last year with the other team. Now, we do get Duke at home, but I I liked, I liked our shot, our chances better in our game against Duke on the road at that point, at that point in the season where both teams were at. They were both pretty similar, and Carolina wasn't playing nearly as bad as they have been right now. And uh, it was Coach Shire's first game against Carolina at home. Um, and Caleb Love was playing, you know, and he pretty much killed Coach K twice. So mm -hmm. in his house and in New Orleans. So um, it doesn't that feel great. Killed in his house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it, like, I'll just say that it doesn't feel great. Honestly, if I was a betting man, it might have a plus sign in front of it, but I would probably take the heels not to make the tournament, which is insane. When like Luke just said, they were in the title last year. And I think the last time that happened actually was when after UNC, I'm sorry, no, uh, Last time that happened where a team went to the title and then I think made the, had to go to the NIT the following year was Ohio State. Ohio State lost in the national title and then had to – because I think they lost to Florida. And then they oh, – yeah. well, That was the year that Florida also retained like all five of their starters and then they went back-to-back. -back. Yeah. NBA was, guys. Too. Yeah, that was the same time they had Tim Tebow on – like that campus. And Aaron was, Hernandez. Yeah. was rocking it precisely around 2006, 2007. That was a great time to go to Florida. Um, so, yeah, uh, last time that happened, Ohio State, and they actually won the NIT. If we go on a run and win the NIT, I will be – it would be ecstatically funny to win the <laughs> NIT. But oh, that would be so I – would, I would be infuriated. I'd be like, we should have been in the tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. If we win the NIT, you're just like, this was the, this was the stretch run we were looking for. Um, but – I will be rooting hard for them to get there. Um, but another team I'd like to talk about, Luke, is our Tigers. Yeah, let's talk about our Tigers. One, one quick note before we get to the Tigers. Sure. Kind of has to deal with the Tigers because we beat this team already. But the Kentucky Wildcats, Wildcats, kind of remind me of UNC last year. Like, kind of start off strong, but then a bubble team the entire year, and then towards the end, you pick up some big wins and you kind of secure your spot in the tournament. 
Now, I think this Kentucky team is actually a little better. Yeah, I don't think they've been a bubble team for a couple weeks now, though. I mean, they've kind of worked their way off the bubble. Yeah. They've been pretty especially Since they beat Tennessee – um, twice. They, yeah, they actually. Yeah, they beat up twice at home and on the road. Um, they they've yeah they've secured their spot. So the, I that's why I think and they were they were ranked like what top five coming into the year too. Whereas Carolina wasn't even ranked last year. So yeah, this that's why this Kentucky team they they're playing with the chip on their shoulder too from last year. I mean Tashibwe, just Oscar Tashibwe, reigning Player of the Year. Let me keep that in mind. He could have went in the draft last year. Probably would have went top five, if I had to guess. Um, Hell no, no. He probably would have been a second round pick. Player, really? Yeah. Off of NBA scouting talent, he would have been probably second round pick. I I get what you're saying. Uh, he was a the player of the year. It just his game doesn't really translate as well. It's kind of like you know, like a, in a like a Luca Garza. Yeah, although he's a player of the year, but he yeah, he it's doesn't play like the NBA. A player to give you an example is like Lawrence Tillman, Mizzou player. Remember him? Jeremiah Tillman? Yeah, sorry. Jeremiah. I always get him in the linebacker for the Steelers because, you know, <laughs> I watch them both a lot. But Jeremiah Tillman, little boat out of East St. Louis, you know, was a played for the Tigers all four years. And I used to think the same. That's when it kind of came down to earth for me and I realized some things um, like he, he doesn't have a spot in the NBA. You know, he, he doesn't have an NBA game and that's what a lot of people say about Oscar. Now, personally, I think Oscar, he would, he would be able to play in the NBA. Like he might be He's a dog. He would be a, probably a long time journeyman, uh, you know, probably a, a one point. Maybe like an Alex Len. Like, you know, kind of like a 1.7 points per game, 2.3 rebounds per game. Butler, our guy who has dropped multiple touchdowns, just caught a huge crossing route for a touchdown for the Battle Hawks. Battle Hawks up in the fourth quarter. There we go. Battle Hawks are a fourth quarter team. They are. We're a two-minute warning team. What can we say? Um, But, yeah, uh, college game just doesn't translate. Except when, you know, like – Jason Tatum and Trey Young. Yeah, when, you, when you're like that. <laughs> when you're those guys. When you're the bona fide star out of high school. Yeah, like a lot of times in high school, you'll know whether or not the player's going to be good or not in the NBA. Like Jason Tatum, we knew. Um, what are some guys like That's recently? what the stars rating is all about. Yeah. Five and four. So Yeah, I mean, what, what are some guys recently that I'm trying to think of? Um, uh, man, he almost had uh, guys of recent um, the Purdue guard that Justin Edwards, no, the one that went to the Pistons, Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. Oh, yeah, that's true, he was good. Uh, um, uh Chet Holmgren, yeah, I think um, of just a lot of Duke players. Jalen Suggs, I hate to say that, yeah, Duke. I think of a lot of Duke guys. You know, the R.J. Barrett's, the Cam, Marvin, Marvin Bagley, Cameron, Cam Reddish's, Zion, Zion, yeah, Marvin Bagley. I will forever and always say this. I trust me. I hate Duke just as much as the next Carolina fan, but him and Zion and I, because Zion barely played at Duke ever. Marvin Bagley was a freaking stud at Duke, and like his bounce at Duke, I was like. 
there is no way this guy is not going to be a 20 point per game a night guy in the NBA. Um, turns out it was actually a case of he just didn't translate and make that jump very well to the next level. But because there's just so many other guys, great athleticism like him, but his and I compare it to Zion because they're like one right after the other. But his bounce, like when he would miss a shot off the board, he would just right back up and get it and then put it in. And it was extreme athletic ability, sick hair, um, you know, just a bona fide stud out of high school and at Duke. I was, I thought he was a for sure hit for the Kings. Turns yeah, out not yeah. so much, but um, yeah. wow. I mean, yeah, that was a little tangent there with the college players, but it's important because Tishibwe, this could be a player because he, like I said, reigning player of the year. This could yeah. be a guy we look back on during this tournament and we could be like, how on earth did we forget that he played for Kentucky and was a beast? Probably because he hasn't been as good this year, though. And that's no, just he, a he fact. Has. That's he just, just a fact. Good. Oscar Tishibwe, there'll be games where he gets like 20 rebounds. And that is unheard of in college. Like in NBA, it happens sometimes, but in college, you don't hear about that. The big, the great big men, though. I mean, uh, one nice parallel to your comparison. So talking, he's you're, great. The great big man. This. this guy's a cousins of Andrew and Aaron Harrison of Kentucky. Remember those guards, mm-hmm. the twins? Yeah. Um, Who is? The guy that just caught the touchdown for the Battlehawks, Hakeem Butler. Really? The guy that keeps dropping it. Kentucky talk. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, yeah, lots of Kentucky. Kentucky basketball, man. Um, Nation. But anyway, the one parallel that is working out for your Kentucky-UNC comparison, Baycott and Toshibwe. Baycott is also a guy that if he gets really hot, he'll grab 20. I mean, he really he's had some games where he's grabbed 22. He's the all-time uh, rebound leader in UNC history, which is a daunting list if you look at it, um, including the likes of Hansborough. So who's the other? Another parallel here. Tyler Hansborough didn't translate. Tyler, well, that obviously, but no, Tyler he was, Hansborough he wasn't terrible. No, year, but, but it just didn't last for a long. Star by any means. Um, Tyler Hansborough is the only other, at least in this century, reigning player of the year to come back for his senior season. Oscar Tshiba is the second. So there's that. How about um, that? <laughs> that is actually so yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's how rare it is too. Like this, this yeah. is the second time this century. So they usually just go, you know. So look out for Kentucky and the NCAA tournament. Now, Missouri Tigers. They've had they had a rough week last week to say the least. They got they got their pants pulled down by Auburn. Um and then who did they play the in the weekend? Was it uh I don't oh, know, the, uh, A&M. A&M. Yeah, they, they got their pants pulled down by a and and then they played Mississippi State. That was a fun game. Which That's a fun game. Also, I just want to – earlier in the year, I don't remember what episode it was, but me and Cam had a massive debate on whether Texas A&M would make the tournament, and I was very avid that they would not, that they would fall off, and now they're probably going to end up being like a top six seed. In the tournament, so I couldn't have been more wrong on that take. They're not even a bubble team anymore, so um, and I, I don't know ball. And I will, I would definitely say this, um, Luke. And don't get me wrong, I've been keeping a close eye on college basketball throughout football season as well. But Luke has really gotten into it this year, and he was last year too. Um, 
And but that the, the only difference is that last year I didn't get into it until like late January, February. Yeah. I, I started in December this year getting yeah, into college. Were, but he was ready to go. Yes, I, I was. I was very avid, and it's not like. I'm a huge Arizona fan. I haven't talked hardly at all about them because no one gives a shit about Arizona that listens to this podcast. But I, I've been getting into Mizzou and them being good, like surprisingly so good, fun. is yeah. so fun. But I just, I'm just a sicko for like the small conferences. Like sometimes I'll send Cam like a screenshot of like the Northeast Conference standing. It's like Stonehill College, Fairway Dickinson, Wagner, teams like that. And I'll be like, which one do you think is going to make the tournament? You know, and. No one that's that that is like next level sicko. Like that's almost like psychotic just to to a level um to care about that type of stuff. But I do, believe it or not. So And that's actually where me and you fit together like a glove in that sense because <laughs> I like I said, he's even more into it even during football season, which is incredible. Um and I go balls to the wall, NFL and college football as well. And I get really into the sicko stuff of college football as well. And I love the sicko college-ness of college basketball as well. And I love it when Luke, we send each other all kinds of just gross, gross college Disgusting. basketball stuff. Like today, for example, in the uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, which I just mentioned them funny enough, in St. Francis, Pennsylvania, there was literally, there was a whole ass priest sitting at the end of the bench for St. Francis, Pennsylvania. So that that's that's like that's the type of stuff that we send each other or like the highlights from Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan. Like that's just it's just disgusting, you know, just just sicko talk. Um that we probably should be put in the hospital for. Um did that guy just miss another field goal? Oh my god. Just yes, cut him. he did. Cut him. The yarder. On well, that's a fair miss, but he missed it. It was dead on, but he missed it because he didn't have enough leg, which is a pure college oh, kicker move. Okay, yeah. That actually, that's valid then. But, that's, but that's still, that's funny. college kicker move. Miss it because of not enough leg. Um, Shout out those guys dress like dragons. <laughs> that's, that's, oh my God, there's so many of them. That is so beautiful. Uh, but yeah, back to Texas a and I, I have to keep texting Luke this when we keep seeing them keep winning. I wish I was more wrong. On Texas A&M, I haven't had a hit like that in a while, but it was, it was honestly just a, f- a couple of games at the beginning of the season where last couple of episodes and last episode we were talking about football and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I test team, they have this it factor with Buzz Williams and I have no idea, I can't put my finger on it, like what exactly it is. Shout out Urban Meyer, um, but. They are just really damn good. And like we just said, they put it to the Tigers over the weekend. And they are second in the SEC, I want to say, only behind Bama in terms of conference rankings. Um, Yes. And I think a lot of people had the same look on them as Luke did. You know, like they're going to probably get close to 20 wins, um, but they're probably not going to have those types of wins that are going to put them in. They've just randomly won them this year, you know. Yeah, they swept Mizzou. They beat Tennessee. Yep. Um. They they just they just keep winning, and they kind of remind me. Uh, what's a comparison? I was trying to. I, I had a comparison in my head, but I lost it. Um. Just a team that's going to run out of steam. Um. Oh, like a Northwestern. Like Northwestern this year. 
they've had some really big wins. They actually are killing Air, Air, Illinois tonight. Northwestern has had a miracle season. Not really a lot of stars on their team. Like I couldn't name any player on Texas A&M or Northwestern, but they're just randomly good. They're going to end up with a probably a six seed, roughly both of them. But both of those teams, there's a chance, a high chance, neither of them will make it to uh, the second weekend because they just don't have they just don't have the guy. They just don't have a closer. Um, you know that can that can really step up and just take over a game. That's what the truly great teams have is they have that guy. Um. Which, trust me, to get into the tournament, you don't need that. I mean, you just need to play like a team and play hard and stuff. That's what Mizzou is. I mean, you could say Kobe Brown's our guy, but really, I mean, what Nick Honor stepped up and took a three. Noah Carter. I mean, you got these guys that step up and take big shots. Golston has made two miracle buzzer beaters. So it's not Kobe Brown that's coming up with these big moments. Um, so Mizzou is also that team that's like, they're going to make the tournament, but they're, I, I don't know. Let's get into Mizzou. I want to I want to talk about Mizzou a little bit. This has been a, a, a miracle season. I mean, last year was a is it was a disaster to say the least. Conzo Martin, he had his swan song in a very very sad fashion. Um, and then Dennis comes along and he just instantly brings life to the program and revitalizes it. And something about Dennis, we were talking about this right before we started recording. Something about Dennis. And the Gates-led Tigers is that they win close games. In Mizzou baseball, Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, historically has never, ever happened. Never. It's My whole life. It's never happened. You you get into a close game, and as a Mizzou fan, you just assume you you lost. Your stomach starts to turn. You just assume you lose. Not with this team. I mean, I, I even, like, the other night when we were watching Mississippi State, not we, but when I was watching it, I I kept thinking, oh, Mizzou's going to lose this game. Like, oh, that miracle shot. Remember that, that just kind of rattled around on the rim there, and then it fell in. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, that's classic Mizzou. Here comes Nick Honor with just a random pull-up three. Um, that doesn't – that that's never happened. And so um, I said, I, I trust – I don't trust Mizzou in the tournament at all because they could run into, like, a buzzsaw and just get crushed and lose by 20. But – if it if it's coming down to a close game, I trust Mizzou. I trust Mizzou in this game. So Yeah. That's something I can't say ever. Yeah. Um I'm blanking on who were who did Golston hit that buzzer beater against the other night? Uh which one? Tennessee or UCF? Tennessee. Okay. He's Thank hit you. two half court on buzzer beaters. Against Tennessee. <laughs> UCF was a long time ago. Um uh, I'll say this about Mizzou. This has been a – it's a complete th- 180, by the way, in terms of Conzo Martin. You know, he had he made the tournament a few times, actually. Um, Kim Anderson, horrible, obviously. But it's been a complete turnaround. And we've talked about this all season countless times now. You know, we love Dennis. I love Dennis for, you know, his quirkiness about basketball, his love for it, you know, how much He's of a nerd he is yes. about it. Uh, I love his his coaching ways, the way, you know, you know, he's not going to hype you up if you win a big game, which, you know, some guys don't really like that that much. He'll tell you we haven't played well yet, and when you lose a game, he's going to say the guy's played well, and he's not going to tear you down. So, and I like that about him. 
Um, I, I love the culture that he's putting into place. I love how he wears a suit on the sidelines for every game. I love how he lets the guys be dudes, you know, after the games. And, you know, he doesn't, he makes it, he doesn't even think about making it about himself ever, ever. And, you know, back to kind of more what we were just talking about, about the Tigers' actual play on the court. Two things here. The game against Tennessee, when Golston hit that buzzer beater, I prayed that he would hit that shot and it went in. That was the first. I shed just one tear. My eyes just got watery. And basketball had moved, but... Eyes got watery there, shed one tear when Golson hit that three. I was just in shock. Last time I cried about Mizzou was actually when they lost the SEC championship game to Auburn in football. Uh, but I was also was, I was a kid then, so that was a little bit I I put my whole heart into that. So that makes more sense. But just wanted to bring that. Uh I mean, sorry. I, oh, I didn't when he got was, pushed out on Henry, the side. Yeah, when he got killed Henry Josie, yeah. yeah. Bring back him had a sick touchdown before halftime. It was so sick. But anyways, so just reminiscing about that, so that makes you feel good as a fan. And, Luke, that Mississippi State game was the first time I, I probably would say maybe back to those Mizzou football days that we were just kind of referencing that was the first time kind of pointing to what you were just saying where I was like, I feel confident that we still actually might win this game. And I know you just said that you were going back and forth. You're like, okay, mailed in Mississippi state's got this one, same old Mizzou. And this does not apply for other sports because drink far from winning me over, even though I'm <laughs> way higher on drink than Luke is. Dennis Gates has gotten to my heart a little bit. You know, he had me believing even in that the depths of hell of that Mississippi State game, which, you know, not too crazy far down or anything, but that, but I was just like, these are the games that Dennis's teams love, and we're going to win this game, I think. And we won it, and it, it's empowering. I've never felt that way about Mizzou basketball. You know, especially, you know, even when we had those oh, great teams with oh. Phil Pressey. Um, so. Sea Dragons just scored on a fourth and goal. On a dime. Uh, oh, is it? We are a two-minute team. That's true. That's true. So. Here we, but one thing about Dennis Gates. Is it far-fetched that we call Dennis Gates a hero? I mean, I'm, I, you call you call the troops heroes, and they are. They're heroes. You call, you know, certain types, like your dad is a hero to a lot of people is Dennis Gates a hero or it maybe we take back a step is he on his way to becoming a hero like he's not there yet but he certainly laid the groundwork look I'd say he's a hero <laughs> and it's, I just say that just because for this reason the dramatic turnaround of one year in one season, he was able to do this. He put a, a bunch of guys from Cleveland State together with Kobe Brown, and he put this together. I mean, I'd, I'd say he's a hero. He's definitely a hero in Columbia. Uh, obviously, all head coaches are heroes in their towns. But, I mean, he I mean, he's an icon. We love him. I'd, he, I'd, he's a darling. He's become a Mizzou darling. Yeah. Um, 
And like that's why I said like this guy took freaking Cleveland State to the NCAA tournament. Like who does that? Who, who takes Cleveland State to the NCAA tournament? That's unheard of. And then he's gonna come and he's gonna take Mizzou, who by the way, was like not even in the top ten in SEC predictions at the beginning of the year. They were favored to be bad. And he brought, you know, Kobe Brown, he retained him. He brought like uh Golston from Wisconsin, Milwaukee. He brought Nick Honor from Clemson, uh, Sean East from Bradley, and then two guys, Gomillion and Demoy Hodge from Cleveland State. Um, there's one guy I'm leaving out Diara here for sure. from the depths of uh, Africa. No, from the uh, depths of uh, oh, JUCO. Oh, Actually, I think Sean East was JUCO too. Sean East was Bradley. He might have been JUCO before Bradley, but he did come from Bradley. Um, and then obviously, you know, recruiting Aiden Shaw, that was a huge get too. So this guy, I, I'm not going to say he's a hero yet because he, he hasn't had a postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to call a guy a hero until a postseason. Um, if he takes Mizzou, <laughs> no, this is like a near impossible scenario. If he goes to a Final Four, I'm giving him a crown. He's the king of Mizzou. Um, if he takes his team to a Sweet 16, though, he might be a hero. Um, that That might be what it takes. Yeah. And... I mean, as long as he keeps this consistently, like if he can consistently bring this energy to Mizzou, oh my God, bro, we might we might cook, we might cook. That's all I'm saying. Uh, don't don't let Dennis cook. Actually, let Dennis cook. But yeah, I love this guy, and I think when we did like kind of our preview on him, because whenever he was hired, we did a small segment on him, introducing him. We didn't know much about him. I, I remember you were saying he was a basketball nerd. You know, the X's and O's of basketball. And that he was from Chicago, so he's going to bring like the Chicago roots to recruiting. I don't think we expected this in year one. Neither of us expected this in year one. So this is insane. I'm excited to see what happens in the tournament. There were times where it was like Mizzou could be a six seed, but after their rough their, their rough week against Auburn and A and M, they dropped down from that. Now they're in the eight nine seed talk. If they have, if they finish out strong, which I don't think they really have anybody left. If I'm really thinking about it, because they got. I think they have LSU left. They have Ole Miss. It, it, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, they just have bottom feeders of the S. So they should win out, ideally, in the regular season. They eh. could. Georgia's on the road. They could lose yeah. that game. Hopefully they don't. They, they shouldn't really. I mean, if they want to, if they want to solidify their spot, they, they shouldn't lose those games. And then if they win a game or two, if they win two games in the SEC tournament, we could get back up to that six-seed line. So uh, if not – We'll probably be around a seven seed. If I if I had to put my money on it right now, I'd say we're a seven seed, um, which would line it up perfectly to face Arizona potentially in the second round because Arizona is going to be a two seed. Um, oh sh, that's not good. Um, so Arizona is going to be a two seed. I haven't talked about Arizona a little bit. I'm going to briefly talk about them because I've hold, I've held off talking about them all year. I just want to give like a minute or two on them. I, last year, I was heavy on them. They were the they were the second overall team last year behind Gonzaga going into the tournament. They were a one seed, and I I remember we did our bracket preview, and I said I'm picking them to win it all. I was so confident in that offense. One thing I forgot about is that you have to have good defense in the tournament, and that's we got we got stumped when we played Houston. They had a damn good defense, and they shut us down on offense. So, but this year. We're not as good. We got a guy, Azulis Tubelis. He's been at Arizona for a while now, but he really broke out this year. Umar Balo, who came with Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga. He's broke out this year, big time. 
Our guard play is not that good, though. I mean, we have, at times, we have spurts of good guard play, but not very good. So, inconsistent. It's kind of like... If Kreza is a stud, ah, it's rare, but... He is so inconsistent. If he has, like, I'm telling you, if we can, we can win the first two games without Kreisa, but we get into week weekend number two, we're gonna need him because we can't win without him. We can't, we can't go to the final four without a Kerr Kreisa game. But uh, it's kind of like one more team that we need to talk about before we 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 go to tough scene of the week is Purdue. I think people recognize Purdue as frauds because. Their entire offense is Zach Eady. We talk about, you know, the players don't translate well to the NBA. That's literally Zach Eady. I mean, he's going to be in the NBA because he's tall and he's a freak. But if Zach Eady fouls out with five minutes to go in a tournament game, oh they're, doing they they're, 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 they're done. Cooked. Yes, they will be cooked. Uh, watching them against Indiana a few weeks ago, Zach Eady was in foul trouble. And when he was not on the court, they looked lost. And also, Matt Painter has literally had like no success in the tournament. Um, is yeah. the battle wants? Oh boy, college kicker moment coming. <laughs> other than that, oh man, we have to pause the show here to to, to live stream this uh this this kick game winning kick potentially. Austin Troll, another huge catch here on that little slant route. What's this going to be? Carolina like a legend, by the way. North Carolina, yeah, Austin Troll. How about that? This is a 42-yarder, it looks like. He's going to miss it. I'm calling it right now. He's missing it. Um, <laughs> but please, give me one. Um, Made 44, missed 36, missed 50. Okay, here it is. Oh, oh they're God. probably going to ice his yeah, ass. They, yeah, they got two timeouts. This, oh, 44 yards? There's no way, dude. With the game on the line, yeah, there goes the there goes the timeout. Okay, while we wait for this timeout to be over and this kick to be made or missed, um, let's get. Do you have any other college basketball talking points? You said right now you're picking Houston. That's your team. If I had to fill out a bracket today, I would pick Houston. I just think the stars are aligning with, um, you know, they're playing super well. Well, they've actually played better at other points in the season, but they're still playing well. Defense is suffocating, but they actually still have good guard play. Um, I like Kelvin Sampson a lot, and I also got word that Final Four is in the H-Town this year, right? And Yeah, that's true. Jim Nance's final Final Four, he is a Houston grad. Oh my god, I couldn't be more wrong. I'm so glad to be wrong about that. Wow. Well, I guess the talk about cutting him after this week is over. You can't cut him after a game-winning field goal. You can't do that. So uh, Yeah, you <laughs> Houston, at least to the Final Fours, to get Jim Nance's... Uh, and uh, another no another note about the Battle Hawks game, tied the over. 38-38, so... <laughs> Covered the spread. How about that? Oh, Battle Hawks. Two and what the hell is this team, man? This is, oh, this is one fluke of a team, man. We haven't even played a home game yet. 
this is amazing. We don't even play a home game until like week four. So exactly. Two, I will hopefully be going to opening day of that. So oh, I've never fuck. been. I've never been to an NFL game. So this would be the most professional of a game I'm I've ever been to. Have you bought your tickets yet? Not yet. I probably should. I looked and they were getting expensive. You might have to give me that date. I I'm feeling in. They're playing Arlington, the Renegades. Um, damn good. Are they? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll really so, be testing. This is just a fun team right now. The first two weeks have been so fun. Oh, man. There's just something about them. So the Sea Dragons fall to 0-2. Two. They were actually a good team, like a prediction. Yeah, like one of the favorites coming into the year. Minus four. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll just name off quickly. Before we get to tough scene of the week here, my teams, I have a future on a lot of teams, by the way. I I put a future on uh, Arizona to make the Final Four just for fun. That It's not going to happen. Arizona hasn't made a Final Four since I've become a fan. So, But here's my, my futures. I have a future on Baylor. I have a future on Virginia. I have a future on Michigan State. That was kind of a fun one just because of really good odds. I put a dollar on them. If Michigan State wins the title, I get 100. So, um that would be fun. And then I, I have a future on UCLA and a future on Kansas. So those are my picks to win it right now. I don't know who yet. It'll be decided when the bracket comes out. But that's that's who's in the lead for me at this current moment. And now let's get to tough scene of the week because we spent almost an hour talking about college basketball, which was needed. We haven't talked about college yes, basketball sir. very much. And yes, yeah. And just so you know, uh, one more actually one more thing. I'm bringing the thread back. This year, if you remember the thread from last year, it's where I will have a huge Twitter thread. It'll be marked. It'll probably be pinned to my profile. It'll be like, this is the thread of eliminated teams. And every time a team gets eliminated from their conference tournament, I will say, blah, 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 has been officially eliminated. So probably some of the first teams, because they're ineligible for NCAA tournament, is like Stonehill College, California Baptist, Bellarmine, like some of those teams, they will they'll be on the first tweet because they they literally can't make it, so they'll be officially eliminated. And then as the teams get eliminated, you'll see it pop up on the thread. I had I had a blast doing it last year, so I'm going to do it again. It's a lot of work, but I I've misfires last year. Michigan, yeah, you had some yeah. misfires. I Michigan that. scared me. Uh, I did not expect them to make the tournament and then go on that little mini run that they went on. So. Not fun, but yeah. So Cam's pick is Houston. I have like Kansas, UCLA, Baylor, Virginia, and then the simulators picks, West Virginia and UConn. So the the new brackets for bracketologies come out Friday morning. So I might just do more simulators and tweet them out and see who wins. But yeah, that's college basketball talk. Let's get to tough scene. Cam, you go first. All right. Man, I just I wish we could listen to what these guys are saying right now. <laughs> part of me wishes that we could have just paused there at the end just to oh, yeah. watch this end. Man, I'm so happy about this Battle Hawks thing. Awesome. Um, tough scene of the week. Um, my first one here is my real tough scene. This one is definitely just for me. Uh, but it actually became a Twitter phenomenon. Uh, happened to... Lots of people, including my sweet prince, Jameis. Um, my Twitter got hacked for a short period of time. 
um, that if you, you probably, some people actually probably encountered this on their own. Uh, somebody would send you a DM and it would just be this link. And if you clicked on it, just pull up like this little social media stalker page, something like that. Um, yeah, I, nonchalant. I fell for it because you DM me and you said, Luke, and I, I clicked on it. It was like social media stalker. And I was like, oh, this might be something for the podcast to see like our viewership. So no. I, I clicked on the link and then it popped up and it sent me to like sign up, like sign into my Twitter. Yeah, I did and, that. And it, I, I, it got to like the login screen. It was like sign into your Twitter. And I was like, I don't really feel comfortable with this. So I backed out of it. And then I immediately went and changed my Twitter password just in case. So, yeah. so this is what I did. I entered – my password. I don't. I did this so nonchalantly. So the the person who got me with it was good friend Mark Hensley, uh, Northern Illinois commit, and he DM me, and I'm like, Mark really hasn't DM me in a long time, so I just see what this is, and I just entered it in nonchalantly, entered my password, and before you know it, I was I sent out about 250 DMs. <laughs> about the same link uh and my deal or my account was compromised for a short period of time i also got back in and changed the password and whatnot <laughs> um but so so yeah twitter got hacked for a little bit had to text a bunch of people people kept texting me like what is it that you just sent me um and i would just send i just had to constantly send please don't open that please don't open that please don't open that why did you send this i didn't mean to send that please don't open that and stuff like that so so yeah uh, my other tough scene is the colts hired offensive coordinator jim bob cooter and it's really it's really not that this tough is- of a scene but it's a tough scene that this guy's name is jim bob <laughs> cooter um, so looks like a fake name that you would see oh, maybe on this is the second the Madden franchise that you would use. I don't, it looks like a name in a Twitter comment section tweeting that LeBron has no real rings or, you know, you know tweeting some stuff that you would maybe find on like ESPN or some famous accounts hidden Twitter replies, you know, just some real messed up shit. You know, that's the kind of name we're looking at here. Jim Bob Cooter. Cooter. Um, Yeah, this is the second consecutive uh, week that we've had the question, like, is this – are we getting ball sacked right now? Um, Is this a butt crack sports? No, this is is Ian Rappaport. Straight from Ian Rappaport. Jim Bob Cooter. real. Yes. Last week it was the NBA All-Star game drafting reserves first to avoid the pick last. I could have swore that was ball sack. No. Jim Bob Cooter being hired to an NFL offensive coordinator position? Real. I don't know what's going on right. This this is this is weird. (laughs) Hey Coach Cooter. Did you have fun last night? Oh my god. I I would have to call him Bob. I would have to call him JB, you know, Jim Bob Cooter. You know, I I can't, I wouldn't be able to, like, I'm just thinking about my coach, you know, Coach Hefflin, Coach Woodsball, Coach I couldn't imagine me like Coach Cooter. I just can't. So, 
that that's was, like, kind of a is, tough scene for possibly maybe Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. You know, you have to talk to Coach Cooter. At least, you're, <laughs> at least you're talking to the Cooter every day, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's something that uh, Tyler Lockett probably wished he could do for a number yeah, of years. Exactly. <laughs> at least he can now. Shout out to Tyler Lockett. Yeah, shout out for marriage. Shout out to marriage. Um, my next tough scene is Hartford is dead. Uh, oh, he did that. My God. Hartford, is it Eagles? Are this that what they are? The Hartford Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the Hartford Hawks, I think just two years removed from the NCAA tournament. So yes. not last year, but the year before that. They made the NCAA tournament, and they are like five and like twenty-four or something like that right now, and they are getting practically relegated back down to I guess D two. Yeah. So I actually read up on this story because I was interested in this. So they they have long been in the American East Conference, and in twenty twenty one they won the tournament as a four seed, won the Big East or American East Conference. And then they got their ass kicked by Baylor, which Baylor won the national title that year. So it's kind of an honor, you know. You, you got to you get eliminated by the national champion. But the 16 seeds in the American East have, you know, been historically good with UNBC. By the way, um, I actually read up on this immediately after they lost that game. They went up to their coach in the locker room, was like, "Hey, we're moving down to D3." They voted on this before they went to the NC. Their board. Their college board, like their athletic board or whatever, they couldn't afford it They because there's requirements to be a D1 program. Like you have to have 12 – I think it's 12. You have to have 12 D1 sports, and they couldn't afford it as a college anymore to have that many sports. And so they have they had to relegate themselves, and they voted on this before they made the tournament. And so they didn't tell anyone. But immediately after they got like the coach, the reports are saying the coach hadn't even left the locker room yet. And like people were coming in and being like, hey, we're no we're not gonna be a D1 program anymore. We're we're relegating ourselves. And so the American East actually kicked them out of their conference this year. They've they've like been playing an independent schedule, which is something you see in like college football with Notre Dame. Yeah, Chicago State's – I don't know what the hell Chicago State's problem is, though, but they were in the whack for the longest time. Chicago, just think Chicago State was in the Western Athletic Conference. That didn't make any sense, so maybe that's why they kicked them out. But Hartford has – yeah, they, they, they've been planning this for a long time. This is not a relegation. This is a university running out of money, not being able to afford it. And shout out their coach for actually, like, sticking it out. Because he hasn't left. He he took a team to the tournament. He could have gotten another job somewhere else when they told him that, and he didn't. So he might now that they're going to D3 because he wants to coach D3 when you could coach D1. Um, but this is a really sad story because – D1 to D3? Yeah, it's Not a weird go to D2. Yeah, like – That's wild. The last team to do this was Savannah State. They were in the uh, SWAC, I do believe. He's either that or the Mid-Eastern athletic conference savannah state's a historically black uh college and university hbcu and they had to do the same thing they couldn't afford it anymore so they had to go down and they actually skipped all of them they're now like an naia school and just five years ago they were a d1 school um so that is like a very wild scenario and 
you know, Hartford, they're, they're done. But at the same time, there's so many schools moving up to D1. We kind of need some schools to go back down because we're getting like so many. I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that. Like, it's kind of nice. That guy. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have some schools like go back down, you know. But the Hartford Hawks are a very sicko team. But it is it, it is sad, you know. They literally it's, destroyed their program, so. It, and, and the problem with new teams, though, because me and you were talking about this, football or basketball, they're not even eligible, you know, for, what, three years? Yeah. For the, for the big dance or yeah. for bowl games, conference titles, you know, I mean. It's because the NCAA wants to make sure that they can establish themselves. And sustain it. Yeah, and sustain it, which is something that Bellarmine might not be able to – because Bellarmine, if you remember last year, they won the Atlantic Sun Tournament. They should have been in the NCAA. They should have been in the big dance, but they couldn't. And this year, they kind of suck. And next year, they're probably going to be even worse when they're actually eligible to make it next year. So, I mean, you kind of – like these teams that move up to D1, they move up then for a reason. It's because they they can compete and they have the money to move up, and they're good like instantly. To let them compete, but it's whatever, yeah. I guess. All right. Well, I guess give us that. Actually, became more my tough scene than yours. But yeah. I, I, like I said, I literally researched this yeah. for like a good thirty minutes. I was reading articles on this because it was something that caught my interest. So my tough scene is uh, a few things. Load managing, number one, because finally players are kind of starting to come out and go against it. Like Anthony Edwards had a statement that was like, yeah, if you can't, if you can't go out there and like these, some players, some, some families come to games. This is the only game they can afford to come see. And if your ass is sitting out, like they don't want to see, you know, that's not what they want to do. They want to see the stars playing. And then DeMar DeRozan a few days later was like, well, in order to win MVP, you should have to play all 82 games. And then he was like, well, actually, I'll give a little. You could 78. You have to play 78 games. And that would be amazing. Trust me, because the load managing has gone to it's – it's gone to a bad level where it's almost, like, impossible to watch. Because the Stars, like, they sit out. It's not like they have an injury or anything. Like, Kevin Durant right now is sitting out, but he's, like, actually injured. Where, like, they'll just sit out a game because they can you're you're getting paid to play, like put on your big man pants and play. I don't want to be. This might be an old man yells at cloud take, but I completely agree with Anthony Edwards and Demar Derozan. I think you know playing matters, and regular season. Yeah, the importance has gone down a lot, but you know it's still you're still getting paid to go out there and put on a show for the fans and you know for the viewers at home and. When you're not playing, you're not doing your job. So I don't know if they get a pay cut like yeah. when they when they load manage or something, but that's a tough scene because I think people are finally starting to realize it. And also on the Anthony Edwards thing, I think Sports Center like put a quote out on it on a graphic and posted it on Twitter. And then all the people that replied and were like, Yeah, I agree with Ant. He's hundred percent right. Sports Center put those in the hidden comments. So they they hit all the people that agreed with Anthony Edwards. So I, I guess when they put it out there, I guess expecting people to be like, "Oh, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about." I, I don't know what they're expecting, but tough scene. And then yeah. also, hold on. I, oh, I go ahead. Add on to something that you're because me and you actually talked about this. I think earlier tonight, 
you know, that's actually why me and you are both more attracted to college basketball than the NBA. Uh, obviously, we both like the NBA playoffs a lot, especially the NBA finals, but we're both attracted to college basketball much more because the players not only have to play, they want to play because not – Hell, most of them are not even going to be good enough to play overseas, you know. Uh, and March Madness is—I mean, March Madness is America. So, um, so yeah, and it is a big deal. And you know, a lot of these players, you know, love Kobe. You know, they say they're big Kobe guys. You know, stuff like that. Kobe has one of the best quotes about load managing and not playing and stuff. Uh, when he talked about, because his wife, Vanessa, once asked him, you know, why do you try to play through all these gruesome injuries? And he said the same thing that Ant-Man said. He goes, some people save up all year to bring their families to come watch me play once at the Staples Center. I'm playing for those people tonight. And tomorrow, you know, through those injuries, I think that's a powerful message. You know, the, you know, fans, you know, they always say, you know, the fans, you know, I mean, ratings and money, but they don't really matter. I appreciate the players that do care about the fans, like the way Kobe did. So uh, I appreciate Ant-Man's sake. I actually agree with him. I agree to DeMar's uh, quote to an extent. Uh, I think you should be able to, win MVP, but I mean, some guys are going to miss games. They might miss a week, you know, due to an injury, you know, four games and not being able to win MVP. If you only played 77, that's pretty harsh, but yeah, I, I get what he's, yeah, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, I don't know if there should be like a strict limit on it, but you should, I mean, it should be, you should have to play. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, so yeah, I, I think it's kind of, and like you said, with the college basketball, for me, it's more of the fans and the atmosphere of college basketball that makes it more exciting for me. But that, yeah, the load managing is a huge knock on the NBA. And then another tough scene I have is us because mosquitoes are back and allergies are back. Like spring is kind of – Punxsutawney Phil was wrong. It is coming early. Um, we may be in a scenario, though, where spring comes in March – or spring comes in February and then come March, winter comes back. <laughs> that That may be the scenario we're looking at, but – Spring is is arriving. Allergies are in the air. I I I know it. I I have really bad allergies. Um, I'm kind of a bitch that way, but um, <laughs> it just happens. And mosquitoes are back. I got my first mosquito bite of the year. Just a tough scene. Luke gets shit on by allergies oh, every year. They kick my so they, they kick my ass. I let me tell you, there's usually one week dynasty again. It, <laughs> it's so bad. One week, bad for him. one week every March, I just get destroyed. It just, it just, it's like Mike Tyson is. I'm in a fight with Mike Tyson. It's just unwinnable. Um, so yeah, that's a tough scene. And then this isn't really a tough scene, but I did mention it on my Twitter. Um, I know a lot of the listeners follow my Twitter, which is. Really stupid because my Twitter is really dumb. But I did tweet out that I have a bad addiction right now, and I I don't know. I right now we're sitting here at eleven p.m. I can't believe it's that late already. Eleven p.m. This is the first day in almost two weeks 
I have not rewatched the Rihanna halftime show. <laughs> yes, it is bad. It is. There's been some days I watch it multiple times. It is bad, Cam. This is worse than being addicted to cigarettes. It is a terrible addiction. So right now I'm doing good. This is the first I haven't done it, but the night is still young. Um, it may it may occur again tonight. So I don't know. This is a bad addiction, though. It's it's a very weird addiction. But Apple Music has a feature where you just it's literally right on like the the home page of Apple Music where you can just watch it because obviously it was sponsored by Apple Music, so they own the rights to the halftime show. It was on the NFL's YouTube. This is bad because it takes a good 15 minutes of my day every single day just sitting there watching it. It's like a vibe session. It. This is bad, Cam. I, I, it's definitely a hashtag my strange addictions, but the you capped it off there at the end to where you can kind of spin it as a positive. It's a, it's kind of been your positive vibe check though. So there's. That part is not a horrible thing if it's keeping the positive vibes up. Um, yeah, it is a little weird. I I have some it, questions. It's very weird. Uh, I mean, does is it <laughs> <laughs> that look, man? That look said is it all. It a, is it a possible horned up situation? No, I'm not. I'm not pitching a tent while I'm watching it by any means. I'm just. It, I'm, I, I watch it and I'm bobbing my head, you know, I, I got my AirPods in, it's, you know, it's, it's going along. It's, I don't know. It was something about, you know, the dancers out there, they're hitting every move, you know, with or every, you know, beat with a good move. I don't know. It's not a horned up situation. I wouldn't call it that, but it, it's, it's a very bad, I don't know if it's a very bad thing, but I want it to stop. Like, I don't mind watching it occasionally, but every day, like it usually occurs. Let me, let me tell you when it usually occurs. I'm sitting down trying to do my homework, and I'll get a little bit done, and then I'm like, I need to watch the halftime show. <laughs> I just get an inclination. Um, it's it, – yeah, like I said, it's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a little – that part is weird, actually. I will say that. The part where you're like – just moving along through your evening and you're just like, fuck, I gotta, yeah. I gotta watch that before I eventually go to bed. <laughs> like you're occasionally like, you're making it a part of your team. Like you don't want to quit this, this drug, but yeah, I, I, I don't say I want to quit it. I just, I recognize that it's weird and I probably should stop. I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, with it. But <laughs> I, I like I'm self-aware, but I don't know if I'm fully committed to stopping. Like I need I need to break something. So today I'm fully committed in stopping, but tomorrow is a new day. So yeah, I was gonna say I uh, can get you through tonight. I, I hope so. Unless you decide to watch it past midnight tonight. Well, I, I tell you what, a lot of the times it occurs when I'm getting ready to go to bed. You know, it it's like a nice it it eases my brain before bed to say the least. It like clears out all the bad thoughts. And it just, you know, it makes me go to bed with a smile on my face. As, as corny as that sounds. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, it's very weird, to say the least. And I need to stop. But not horned up, though. We, we're making that No, it's not a bonk. It's not a bonk situation. Try, well, even if you're not, though, horned up, it's still 
I think it's still a bomb because okay, 14, or however many days Ten. it's been since the Super Bowl, and you've watched it almost every single day, uh, every it, single it, day except today. Yes, and some of those days have been multiple times. Like I went to bed on Super Bowl Sunday, and what did I do? I I watched the halftime okay, show again. That's reasonable, but the continuation yeah. of this is like that's where yesterday I watched it three times. So <laughs> this. That that was my record. I haven't watched it more than three times. It's usually it's usually just a one time, occasionally two times. Not quite. It's not quite fifteen minutes long. It's about forty minutes. Yes, I spent forty minutes of my day yesterday watching. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You know what? I just the self awareness just hit me like a brick right now. Just hearing that stagnant number forty. You know what you can do in forty minutes? You can watch two episodes of Family Guy. Um. Watch an entire episode of watch, Better Call Saul. Watch the show three times. That's that's true. Maybe I should do that in forty minutes. Uh, I could probably get a few homework assignments done. I I could do so many more productive things with my time, but I choose to do that. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and bonk me. I get I get the bonk stick. You definitely. You, even like I said, even if it's not a horned up situation, even though you just said you've been doing it. While you're laying in bed, which is questionable, my hands are above the blanket. I'll take your word for it. Okay, I'm taking your word for it. Um, it's still a bong. It still okay. is. You know, ten days in a row, maxed out three times a day, in one day. That's forty minutes of Rihanna. I mean, that's actually that's a lot of Rihanna over ten days. It is. It is a lot, but you remember how I said beforehand, I, I said that I had, this was the Super Bowl preview, and I said I had been preparing with Rihanna this entire week. It, it hasn't stopped. And I thought, I was like, I'm going to do it to prepare for the halftime show, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I did it a mild amount of time. It wasn't like an over overkill or anything, and then I just kind of expected it to stop, maybe carry over a day after the show. You're on a Rihanna victory tour. <laughs> Yes. No, it's yeah, kind of like it's yeah, like it's are. like how the champions always visit the White House. Yeah. This is what I'm doing right now with Rihanna. I'm visiting the White House. Yeah, you're not only, you're going to a lot of places besides I'm, I'm going to the Louvre and, you know, in Paris. Yeah. I'm going to the Sydney Opera House. I'm going all over, man. <laughs> okay. This is getting a little weird. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. That I just I just self bonked myself on on the show so definitely valid. Uh, clean up notes for tonight's show. Um, we <laughs> we got excited when the Blues lost. Uh, you won't hear that very often, but we're hoping for full tank. So, Bedard, um, man. Oh. Like I said, if we get Connor Bedard, I will watch ten, count them, ten full hockey games once he's a blue. But until then, not happening. So that's pretty much our show. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot happening in the sports world right now. So college basketball. Oh, uh, spring training is starting. World Baseball Classic is yep. on the way. Still a few weeks away though, so not really something to get super excited about, but. Spring training games start when this comes out tomorrow, Saturday. 
So it'll be the first time we get to hear Chip Carey's voice on Valley Sports. So that would be – it's going to be interesting. But it's still – at the same time, it's spring training, so who really cares? Um, the jerseys are nice in spring training. I will say that with the Cardinals, the red ones. Um, that's that's about all I have for the show. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff to listen to if you're a listener. That's two over – two-hour shows for you. So Yeah, this one's going to be about an hour and 25. And the one that we just got done recording is a little bit over an hour. But they will come out separate days. So if you're the guy, which there's probably not very many, but if you're you're someone that's like, man, I really wish there was more show me shows throughout the week, (laughs) congrats because you just hit the jackpot this week. Congrats because you're a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're disgusting. You should be put in jail. Um, No, yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. You might also be on your way to jail with the Rihanna thing. But. Yeah, that I probably shouldn't have admitted that, but no, no, that's a, that's, that's a good one. You at least put it out there. And yeah, like you I, said, I you're self-aware. Yeah, I'm self-aware. I it'll probably, like I said, when we're doing this podcast next week, I'll probably be done. I, you know, yeah. I might watch it a few more times, but it won't be an addiction anymore. You know, it'll just be maybe right now. I guess to say it's just a kick. It's just a kick right now. Maybe a. Maybe a bonk scenario, but it's just a kick at the same time. No tent. No, no need to be worried. So, all, all right. right, that's the show, guys. Uh, tune in on either Monday or Tuesday for the NFL coaching hires, grades, and some XFL talk. And then uh, for next week, for I have no idea what the hell we're going to do for next week's show. Uh, it's kind of like a void right now, right before March Madness and the bracket preview. So. Just have to uh just have to tune in. Just listen in. We'll see you in a few days.